You're listening to Make It Big, a podcast about all things e-commerce, created by Big Commerce. Hello to everybody joining us today. My name is Megan Stabler, Vice President of Global Marketing here at Big Commerce, where our platform powers some of the world's most interesting and beautiful e-commerce stores. Today, we have two very special guests joining us from Google, Bill Reddy, President of Commerce, and Mary Ellen Coe, President of Google Customer Solutions. And we're gonna talk about driving growth with e-commerce, with data, insights, and innovation. Bill and Mary, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Megan. Uh, pleasure's all ours. Thank you for joining us. Um, why don't you both tell us a little bit about yourselves, your story, how you got into this wonderful, amazing, historic growth world of commerce, and more about what your team at Google does and what they're responsible for. Mary Ellen, why don't you uh, start us off with this? Sure. Thanks, Megan. So my team at Google, it's a global team, and our mission is to help small and mid-sized businesses and merchants all around the world uh, get online and use uh, digital tools to grow their business. Uh, it's a it's a mission that's very dear and uh, near and dear to me. My father was a small businessman uh, from a family of small business owners. So you know, working with these founders and entrepreneurs, it's fascinating and and really inspiring to see how invested they are in what they do. So it's uh, it's an exciting place to be. It's incredible to to hear that, especially about your family connection and your family history. Bill, how do you match that? What do your your team do? So I lead uh, Google Commerce Payments and uh, the Next Billion User teams. Uh, Next Billion Users being, you can think of it as our, our emerging markets effort. And our focus is really on tapping into uh, what Google's best at, user understanding, and using that to help create high quality connections between users and businesses. Similar to Mary Ellen, also come from a family of small business owners, have also been a serial entrepreneur. So deep connection with you know, those are trying to, to, to build, particularly in the small business and startup space. It's a lot of personal connection to that. And, and you know, putting e-commerce building blocks into the hands of the many instead of the few is a hugely inspiring problem to me personally. I've lived that journey for most of my career. And so that's why I'm here at Google, uh, trying to build those things to help others, you know, chart their own path on that journey. Well, speaking of charting your own path, right? You know, I, I think it's going to be fun if we talk about, you know, how would you describe some things? So we'll go through some rapid fire questions for both of you. Um, so starting off, what would be one word that you would use to describe 2020 and your experience? So it's hard to get me to use one word for anything. So I'll give you a phrase, which is a decade of growth in, in six months. I agree. Marianne? Yeah, I uh, I'm with Bill. We're we're both talkers. So I've once in a lifetime digitization event. I mean, it's something we've been talking about our team, but it just is a uh, phrase we've coined to re reinforce exactly what Bill said. Uh, it's just been a phenomenal twelve months of seeing a lot of uh, small businesses and mid-sized businesses use digital tools to really accelerate their growth. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, the world, the world shifted, and I think each of us also had to adapt uh, based off of our family circumstances, the sort of, uh, I, I, I call it the live of work, live at work experience that we're in nowadays. So, you know, you, you talk about sort of this once in a lifetime digitization, Bill, you talked about the acceleration there, but um, what's the favorite item that you each bought online this year? Did you buy something? Oh, I bought a lot. Uh, but about very different things. And I don't think it's that unique. I outfitted a home gym. And I think based on watching category trends, I was not unique in that, in that endeavor. Yeah, and, and for me, it was uh, 
I'd say the most impactful was our, our Nintendo Switch that we managed to, to source. Uh, so that provided quite a bit of family entertainment. And then the other one that's a little bit more personally entertaining for me was it was a, it was a good opportunity to uh, enhance my bourbon collection. There were plenty of good online opportunities to, uh, to round that out. It's, that's interesting you say that. I, I know another e-commerce uh, leadership person that also did the same thing with their collection of whiskeys. And uh, if you're watching, you know exactly who I'm talking about on this one, uh, Jamison. Uh, we'll come through with that. So um, I know my shopping habits changed. Um, and in fact, my shopping habits um, didn't change too much from when I joined Big Commerce. I, I joined Big Commerce at the tail end of 2018. Um, and I made a commitment to that point in time that I would never, ever go into a physical store and buy something. And I've pretty much done that prior to COVID and the pandemic and during COVID and the pandemic. And also now that we're opening up, right, I've adjusted the way that I find products, I source, I look at delivery times and buy my products. But how have your shopping habits changed over the last, uh, I'm going to say, 18 months since the sort of uh, pandemic hit us? Yeah, I, I think back, Megan, I, to you know, the amount of time I looked at shoes and uh, blazers for work, right? And then it turned into leisure wear. And I have a wonderful collection of tennis shoes now. Uh, so content categories changed pretty dramatically, but also just you know, searching for convenience, doing a lot more online delivery. Uh, you know, not bourbon delivery for me, but wine delivery uh, and, you know, grocery sources from a whole much broader range of providers uh, and really doing things that I used to do out of home. Like, you know, we talked about gym equipment uh, or pool toys, you know, finding new leisure opportunities. Bill, similar things, sports equipment, high heels, shoes. <laughs> certainly, certainly uh, more of the shoes and sports equipment. And it's interesting, you know, you, you, Across many of those, I think we all had this experience that um, you know, not only was I searching for a lot of those things, I think it was also really interesting to see the diversity of merchants you know, really go up that I was, I was sourcing those things from. I think we all had that experience of finding there was you know, no one place that was going to have everything you needed. And so I thought that was you know, particularly in support of small businesses and, you know, and startups, the, the fact that, yes, there were a lot of these things we were trying to source, but sourcing those from a much broader set of merchants, you know, as evidenced by the fact that there, there wasn't any one merchant that could provide all of those things, I thought was a, a really interesting part of uh, the, the shopping journey over the last 12 months. Yeah, well, let's continue on that sort of shopping journey. I sometimes talk about the, the new muscle memory that people have learned using their tablets and their mobile devices now to find goods. You talked about it in terms of sourcing their bill. So I want to continue with you a little bit if we can do. But, but how have you seen the consumer habits change, right? Because the world has changed, right? Merchants had to go out of the way to source supply chain and adjust to deliver or curbside pickup. But what has been sort of the, the macro level that you've observed from consumer habits? Sure, yeah. I mean, if you zoom out from that, like I made the, the statement earlier that there was you know, a decade worth of growth in, in six months' time, which if you look at the, the, the amount of e-commerce that increased in the first six months of the pandemic, it, it literally equates to nearly as much growth as we've seen in, in the prior decade. So all of 2020, retail was up almost uh, 6%, which was the most growth in, in well over a decade, despite stores being shut or limited during lockdowns. So that means the vast majority of that growth came from e-commerce, which was up 44% last year. So the biggest omni-channel retailers, if you look across those, none of them grew overall sales 
without substantial growth in e-commerce. And, and we see that continuing. Even as we have reopening, we see you know the, the strength in e-commerce continuing, even as fortunately things are able to start reopening in many places around the world. We see the strength of e-commerce uh, continuing through that. So the, the role of digital, both for e-commerce directly, as well as driving into the store is going to be really important. I think this is another part of this that you know retailers now more than ever need to meet customers where they are. So Right channel is the one that works for the customer. And you know, more of this is starting to blur. I think with reopening, not only the e-commerce trends sustaining, I think the link between the digital journey and the in-store journey, we've all talked about buy online, pick up in store and these kinds of things. But I think consumers have also seen just how much the digital part of the experience can enhance their shopping journey. And even as people are looking to go back into stores, they've got a shopping companion right in their pocket. And we expect more of that kind of blurring of those lines. And, and so, you know, I think that's a really interesting emerging trend as people are, as things are reopening and people are doing more in the physical world again, how that blurring of lines continues. Yeah, Mary Ellen, have you got anything to add to that in, in context around, you know, the sort of consumerization, the convenience stuff that's going on and how, how consumers and customers are supporting businesses, right? Yeah. So, Megan, if we look back on 2020, uh, you know, consumers on average were spending eight hours a day online digitally. So you take that and, you know, you combine that with the, you know, shutdown of physical retailing. And we saw pretty significant changes in consumers being online for sources of inspiration. Uh, we had, you know, for example, 70% of YouTube uh, viewers said, they actually would buy something that they saw on YouTube as a source of inspiration. So a lot more, you know, when you think about the characteristic, you know, browsing, which used to be a physical activity, now we're seeing that done much more online. Uh, from a convenience perspective also, uh, you know, significant 100% increase in searches for near me uh, and things to Bill's point about curbside pickup, et cetera. So really trying to find both for safety reasons and for convenience, really changing the way that we integrate online and physical retailing. Um, and then another really interesting um, trend, you know, much more aligned with personal values. So see a lot of consumers wanting to reflect their personal values in the brands they're choosing and how they're shopping. So uh, supporting local communities, right? One of the things that was really kind of a bright lining through the pandemic was a dramatic increase, 20,000% increase in uh, local searches. And that created a really nice opportunity. And Bill and I see this in our customers, you know, a local physical retailer actually or a restaurant here getting online uh, to be able to meet the consumer where they are. Uh, also, you know, searches for uh, Black-owned retailers, nine times the growth in 2020. So a lot of really exciting trends about reflecting values and changing brand choices as well. Do you, do you think the buying patterns are going to continue in that direction or are they going to change along the way as consumers react to more uncertainty? Yeah, so we've talked about... Um, as markets settle in, right, we're seeing, you know, countries around the world and even states in the United States in different states of play, uh, we continue to see more change. And I think agility is one of the key words we're going to talk about that we kind of continue to advise businesses and merchants. So change is inevitable and looking at those trends. But I think 
to Bill's point, the intersection or the integration of the digital and the physical is, is going to stay with us and finding those combinations across the consumer journey. Yeah, so I think, I think it's important then that we, we have to acknowledge that merchants need to be a, aware of all of this, right? The data. I mean, I, I love the story about the minority-owned businesses and the, the involvement and, and, and making sure that things align to my own personal values. But, but if we think now about merchants, um, what do we believe that these trends are now going to do to those merchants? How are they going to impact merchants and what merchants need to be aware of for their growth going forward? Any, any advice on that? Yeah, so um, we think about, you know, in, in our portfolio, merchants are incredibly excited about the trends they're seeing. 76% of uh, small business merchants, for example, Megan, we're seeing are using digital tools and are seeing an increased revenue because of that. So I think there's been a broad embrace of these trends because they know it's the best way to ultimately find and serve their customers. Um you know, digital tools are kind of here to stay, whether you're a physical merchant and you're moving online or you're just trying to find new opportunities with new consumers. Um, we're also finding, as an example, uh, smart shopping campaigns, which is uh, Google smart shopping campaigns is a really nice way. It combines um, new ways to find your audience in a very simplified, easy targeting, right? So it identifies and optimizes against the customers that are most likely to choose your products and services. So uh, you can feature, you know, photography of your products or of your merchandise, uh, shows pricing, uh, what's coming soon is video imagery. And it's a really great way to showcase your offering and to meet consumers where they are across YouTube, across Google search, across shopping platform, uh, so we're seeing great success with that for all of our merchants. Bill, do you have anything else that you want to add to that? Because I know that the sort of line between the digital and the physical retail has continued to blur and will continue going forward. I see some of the big Main Street brands going out of business because they're unable to react. I see other changes that are trying to build out digital experiences into the offline retail and the online retail. What's What's your advice for merchants in this sort of very hybrid world that we've got? Well, I think it's, you know, full embrace of digital, making sure you meet the customer where they are, you know, in, you know, on our side of it, we're looking at what are all the things we can do to make that as easy as possible for the merchant to do exactly that. So Mary Ellen touched on a number of these things, you know, some of the things we've done around making it so that it's free and easy to make your entire inventory available on our surfaces for the consumer to find those. I think, you know, things like local inventory, curbside pickup, enabling these kinds of things, I think are, you know, like hugely important. There's been lots of discussion of that, you know, but I think there's also, as we move further into these things, there needs to be a lot more optimization opportunity around each of, each of these, you know, through much of 2020, for many merchants, it was about how do I just stand these things up? Uh, how do I get them enabled to begin with? How do I stand up curbside pickup, for example? As we're now moving forward, it's becoming an increasing part of the business. How do I optimize those things? How do I make sure that the customers have a great experience around that? Or what's my broader service offering around those things? How does my value proposition evolve if my customers connecting with me both digitally as well as physically? Each business is going to find their own different answer to these things. 
um, and answer it in their own unique way. And, and our part of it is focusing on like, what can we do to enable each business to, you know, as, as Maryland was, was describing, bring their value propositions forward, make it simple and easy for them to do that in a digital environment to connect with the consumer. So I think this is, you know, it's evolving rapidly for the consumer, for the merchant, and then our side of it, you know, particularly with great partners like Big Commerce uh, that are equally committed to, to that mission. Well, that's great to hear because I think you just sort of gave me the segue where I want to talk about, right? We're both technology providers to merchants in the e-commerce space, um, coming to it with sort of great synergies. But obviously with what you've said twice now is about that acceleration of commerce, you know, the the 10-year acceleration has sort of just exploded because of the pandemic. What have what have you all had to do? Look, there's my Texan accent coming into it. What have you all had to do um, to adjust your teams, right? To adjust your strategy. What is your team working on, right? It's got to have been shaped by the enormity of the task and the request or the requirements or the needs of these small, mid-sized, even large-scale enterprises. What, what have you been doing? Yeah, uh, you know, it's absolutely had a huge impact on our activities. I think we've had strategies around these things that have been enduring that we had set out even ahead of the pandemic. You know, as, as the pandemic happened, you know, the, urgency around those things obviously increased for all of us and we wanted to make sure to be there to help our partners to to meet the consumer as, as they were shifting so hugely impactful you know to, to our efforts you know a few things i'd note you know first of all just how big is that opportunity to meet consumers particularly across you know our various services at google we now see people shopping across google more than a billion times each day and so we want to make sure that you know, as you think on that scale of a billion plus daily active users, you know, in, in a shopping context, we want to make sure that when those people come to Google, they're able to find all the best products, all the best value propositions from the widest range of merchants. So that they have just as much choice in the digital world, or ideally more choice even in the digital world uh, than what they had you know, in, in the physical world. And so that's why you saw last year, we took some pretty major steps toward building a free and open ecosystem, uh, making it easier for retailers of all sizes to bring their full inventory to our platforms and connect with consumers at scale, independent of, of, of having to pay for those things. And you know, so that was a major shift uh, for us, a major acceleration of our efforts. Uh, and then the other thing that uh, you saw us really double down on last year was you know, doing a lot of work with digital commerce players like Big Commerce, so that we could integrate with the others in the ecosystem who are serving merchants that are trying to adapt and trying to make these changes. That way, you know, we could make it as simple for you know a business to get on Google as possible, and do that by working with their platform of choice, so that they can that business can work with their platform of choice, their commerce provider of choice to easily have their information appear uh, across our services, whether that's search, uh, shopping, image search, YouTube. We really want to make it easy for those merchants to, to meet the user where they are on our services. And we've seen really great progress across those things. Businesses can now list their products for free you know, on our, our shopping tab across 48 countries around the world. We've eliminated commission fees for buy on Google. Uh, we've started to bring those things to our main search results page. And we've seen that as it's happening, consumers are really responding to the greater breadth of inventory they're seeing from that wider range of sellers. Uh, when, we, when we made those changes, we saw a 50% lift in clicks from those changes. And importantly, that lift in clicks, we saw that it disproportionately, been, it, while it benefited merchants of every size, 
we saw that it disproportionately benefited small and mid-sized players. Uh, so really helping the consumer to connect with that, uh, you know, that 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 broader set of merchants uh, that they might not have otherwise discovered. Uh, so that was really really encouraging for us. And so I think that data says, you know, we're we're on the right track with those things. The partnerships, uh, like what we're what we're doing with with big commerce and, and letting merchants use their commerce uh, platform of choice, I think that's making it easier. And consumers are really resonating with that. That's a uh... Really interesting information there and stats, and, and I love the increase in clicks and the size, you know, everything that you're doing for a merchant to help them there. But, you know, Mary Ellen, a, a question for you on this then is, do you think businesses that your teams tend to work with, right, on the success side, you know, are starting to see the urgency of really tapping into some of these new solutions to take advantage of it and start to see some of the benefits themselves that Bill just listed out? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, we've talked about a couple of key areas. Um, we talked about consumer behaviors are changing so quickly, which is impacting category and content strategies. So, you know, new tools we've added. So, for example, um, retail trends and so that we can actually help small merchants know what the trending categories are. And we're seeing, I mean, just look at masks. Mask was, you know, didn't exist 18 months ago and then became, you know, a top selling category along with other, a lot of other items. And we've seen very, very agile merchants change their whole assortment planning based on looking at online retailing trends. So these are the type of ancillary services and insights that we can provide merchants that really help them work through their entire strategy from assortment to content planning, supply chain, et cetera. Um, that's just one example of, you know, when we're trying to make not just, you know, uh, broader assortment available, but also kind of timely and what's most relevant. Bill, anything to add on that? No, I just say, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, for me personally, it's, it's really inspiring to hear, you know, these kinds of success stories, you know, and, you know, and, and really adapting with, with the merchants, you know, we've been making changes you know, on our side for these things. And as Mary Ellen talks about how merchants are adapting, you know, so, so rapidly, you know, it's just, uh, again, as a, as a serial entrepreneur and, you know, coming from a, a small business family, you know, th those things are, are quite inspiring to me because I know that, uh, you know, for, for all the folks out there that are building those businesses, you know, it's not been easy. And even the ones that have seen success have had to work really, really hard to, to make that success possible. You know, so, you know, we take, you know, uh, it's inspiring. We also see that, you know, all those improvements, as impactful as they've been, uh, whether it's changes we've made, you know, on the user experience for, for, for merchants to come on board easier, to advertise more easily, as much as we've done on all those things, we also see there's so much more to do. There's so much more potential uh, for innovation on these things moving forward. And, and, and again, it's just, you know, every one of these examples where we can, and, you know, do our part to, to help uh, merchants thrive and adapt and succeed. It's, it's, it's certainly why I jump up out of bed in the morning to, to, to come in and work on these things. But data is key. And I talk about it here at Big Commerce as well. Data, data gives us the insights. It helps merchants with the insights. It helps us make our business decisions, right? So companies are always and increasingly always turning to data to drive innovation. It's become a top priority to leverage that data for these actionable insights, as we can go ahead and call it in the decision-making processes. So, so what are some of the ways that Google um, is now helping merchants and business owners leverage the data that they have 
and actually turn that into insights that can be actionable and they can actually go do something with. Yeah, that is, it's a fantastic question. And I think it's top of mind for most, if not all merchants in a place where we think there's a lot we can do to, to help. So one of those that I'm quite excited to call out is that you know, since BigCommerce and Google have you know, such a great partnership, um, big commerce merchants can use uh, Google Cloud's BigQuery, which consolidates all products and marketing data into a single place. And Google's recommendations API you know, gives shoppers you know, personalized recommendations based on, on similar shoppers and, and past purchases. So I think that's a really fantastic one. A, a great example of, of uh, you know, the value of the partnership uh, with, with big commerce and, and the things we can do together there. A few others I'd call out. Merchants can also use uh, the bestseller report, which shows you know what the most po- shows you the most popular brands and products uh, used in shopping ads and free listings, as well as whether or not uh, you currently carry them in your in your product feed. Uh, another tool uh, is the price competitiveness report, which shows how other retailers pricing the same products that you sell and provides guidance when you're bidding on ads uh, and pricing your products. Uh, and both of these reports can be found in the Google Merchant Center. And so we think these are all examples of how, uh, you know, aggregate data that we bring across the industry, you know, we can bring you know, insights to your business based on what we see in aggregate across the industry to help you make, uh, you know, uh, well-informed decisions for what's going to be right for your business. I mean, I, 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 will, I will talk about an announcement for Google Merchant Center in a second, but I'll just say that if you're, not, if you're a merchant of big commerce today, and you're not using Google BigQuery, you need to, right? Because you can combine the power of BigQuery and this recommendations API that Bill just talked about to sort of give your shoppers more personalized recommendations. It is gonna be really beneficial for your business. And you're gonna find, you're gonna get more orders basically is the answer to that. And you're gonna keep that customer coming back to more. So, you know, I, I did mention Google Merchant Center, you mentioned it as well, Bill, and this is absolutely the perfect time for me to share our big news, which is that we're excited to announce that Google and BigCommerce will be launching a new native integration that provides easy access to Google's Merchant Center and will allow BigCommerce merchants to have their products easily shown across Google, allowing them uh, to get on Google for free and through ads, providing more opportunities to get discovered and opening up new ways to build their brands and win customers over. And this integration will help our incredible merchants tap into new channels and grow their businesses with simplified journeys so they can focus on the things that matter, like growing their business like you both are doing today uh, and have done in the past. So, Bill, any comments on that sort of announcement? So, uh, obviously, we're really excited to work with Big Commerce uh, and the 60,000-plus merchants uh, that you work with. Uh, Together, we want to bring tools and technology that will drive success for, uh, for that entire group. And the native integration with Big Commerce will make it even easier for merchants to leverage free listings and smart shopping campaigns to drive success. You know, we've talked about you know, how impactful we believe that can be. And a few things to note that you know, the new integration will automatically sync your Big Commerce store data with Google, making it quick and easy to get started. Any changes you make to your products on your store with Big Commerce are automatically reflected in Google which makes it easy to keep your your ads up to date and you don't need to worry about showing outdated product information given the the sync uh, between BigCommerce and Google. And you can do the setup directly within BigCommerce. Uh, And once your campaign is live, you can track your performance, gain insights, and make changes within the BigCommerce platform. 
So you don't need to spend time navigating across uh, multiple platforms. So again, um, you know, really excited about uh, the work with BigCommerce on that and what we think together uh, we can do to enable uh, 60,000 plus merchants on, on the BigCommerce platform to reach you know, a billion plus daily active users on our shopping experiences. So again, very excited uh, that we get to announce that together. Yeah, and I love the fact, Bill, that product data is syncing automatically and that merchants don't have to leave the big commerce platform to run their campaigns, track performance. It's just uh, going to be incredible for merchants. Um, I, I know we're sort of running down the time on this, so, so let's, let's sort of get towards the end of it. You know, those have been some really helpful insights for our merchants, but uh, to close, and I know I've ignored you a little bit here, Mary Ellen. Oh, don't worry. I'm excited to hear about talk about the product integrations. Well, I appreciate the time and, and uh, the context that you've added to it, but I'd like you to ask you both um, sort of a final question, right? As we're looking forward um, towards the end of 2021 and based off of what you've learned from, you know, last year, 2020, a little bit of this year as well, what's your top tip for merchants as uh, they continue to navigate through the remainder of 2021 and, and uh, hopefully something to look forward to in 2022? So. So Mary Ellen, I'll, I'll reach over to you first. What is your looking forward statement? Yeah, change is inevitable. And I think if uh, this last year has taught us anything, there can be real silver linings if you're agile and you're using all of the tools to get the insights on consumer behavior and on demand. Uh, so, you know, using those insights to look at your content strategy, your merchandising strategy, your assortment planning can be incredibly valuable. And I think that's going to, help retailers have really strong performance going into 2022. Yeah, build, building off of uh, Mary Ellen's points there, you know, I would say uh, for merchants, you know, building deeper engagement with, with your customers, uh, it sounds like a simple thing to say, but I think in a digital environment, it's actually more important than ever to think about how you're building those relationships and engagements uh, with your customers. Related to that, I'd say, you know, own your own story uh, in your customer experience Leveraging the digital tools available to you, but know that you still have your own story and your own experience to build on those things. Uh, and then finally, I would just say, you know, building across platforms is critically important as, you know, nobody wants to be in a world where there's a sort of only one place to, to, to buy things. Uh, you know, I, I think this point of, of saying, you know, how do you meet the user where they are, making sure you're showing up where they are uh, so those consumers have choice and you're able to connect with those, those customers uh, I think critically, critically important for, for all of us that are building for the retail community to keep in mind. Great. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you both. I think this has been incredibly insightful um, for me in, in, in gaining knowledge through this conversation. It's wonderful to have uh, a great partner uh, in Google with Big Commerce. So, so Mary Ellen, Bill, thank you for your time and for those tuning in. Be sure to check out more Make It Big sessions and share what you've learned on social and don't forget to tag us at Big Commerce. Um, until we meet in person and can see each other, uh, I want to thank you and I really want to thank you for the insights and the, the relationship between Big Commerce and Google. And to all our merchants, good luck out there. Um, there are opportunities ahead and it's going to be a fantastic end of year and an awesome 22 in my mind. So thank you both. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to the Make It Big podcast. Want even more insights and expert advice? Experience our Make It Big conference, now available on demand. 
You'll get e-commerce tips and strategies from global thought leaders like Mark Cuban, Ann Handley, and Neil Patel, plus big commerce partners like Google, TikTok, and more. Watch today at bigcommerce.com slash make it big.